1: Wife Liz, we have the opportunity to serve it's Journey Church as its pastors. If you didn't know that, you're a first-time guest. We're so glad that you're here. Yes, and we do this often. We already clapped for you once, but we just want to make you feel at home. I don't think you have ever been around a group of people so passionate, so loving, so supportive. If you're looking for a home church, we think you found it in this room today. So, Journey Church, would you do me a favor? Put your hands together. Welcome everybody who's coming in for the first time. Let them know how much you love your church. Come on and they're welcome to be a part. We really hope that you have a good time today. Well, I've been beginning the messages throughout this series, with letting you know where we're, where we're going and headed as a church. And uh, the next highlight really just has to do with today. Today is Next Steps Fast Track. Next Steps Fast Track. We only do this once a month. And so if you're interested in growing in your faith, taking the next step, in your relationship with Journey Church, maybe serving on a team or maybe getting into a small group or learning more about how this church operates, you want to get involved or connected or you're just interested, like I said, to learn more, then right after this service, right after this service, there's going to be people outside with signs that'll point you to the Next Steps room. There'll be teachers there. There'll be other people there. Uh, I'll be showing up at the very end to answer questions. Uh, we provide lunch and childcare so we would love to have you there. If not, you got to wait a whole other month, so try and make it this uh, today because it's going to be good. That's not the only thing that's happening. January 4th, somebody say January 4th. January 4th. Now that we're in December, we can talk about January. We got 21 days of prayer and yeah. fasting coming up. Yeah. If the only people making noise right now are the people who have actually fasted before and God has done something special in the life, the rest of y'all hungry. That's all that was and no, I'm not fasting. I'm hungry. And, and uh, if you want to learn more about fasting, you can go to journeyall.com forward slash fasting. We break down fasting into a, a lot of different ways to make it accessible for you. So if, if you're like diabetic, you can't go without meals, then maybe not fast food, maybe fast Netflix. Uh-oh. Maybe fast social media. Uh-oh. Somebody just got the Somebody just twitched right there. I felt it. Uh, you can... You can uh, one person came up to me last year. He said, Pastor, I know I'm going to fast in 21 days of praying and fasting, I said, what? He said, I'm going to fast drugs. I said, hey, man, (laughs) bro, you do you, you do you. I think the Lord is happy with that sacrifice. So it's going to be good. December 27th, Baptism Sunday, if you're one of, over, of the over 350 people who made a decision to follow Jesus Christ this year, then you're going to want to go public with your faith coming in and out of the water as a sign of new birth. We worked it out with the school. We're going to have baptism pools outside in the lobby, and then we're going to be live streaming those baptisms right here on the screen. So at the end of the message, we'll be seeing all those people getting baptized, and we're going to have to like cheer super loud so they can hear us through the wall so they know that how many people are just supporting them and in their corner, and I can't wait to see all all of those individuals come in and out of the water, celebrating, jumping. If you've never been to a baptism surface service, that means that you know it's 2020 because we have not done one in 2020 because of COVID. And so we're glad that we get to, to do it. I'm gonna be, I got a long stick and then I just baptize you like that with the <laughs> it's a hand and I just and it's like that. So we we thought about everything. Um, December 20th. Somebody's like, I'm coming just to see that. Uh, December 20th, we've got Christmas at Journey. Uh, What else can I say? It's going to be a party. It's going to be a party. Just be here. It's going to be a party. And then next Sunday, we've got At The Movies Christmas Edition. Yeah. If you love movies, make some noise. you love movies. All right. Well, next Sunday, we're going to combine movies and Jesus. Hello. And it's going to be so much fun. And uh, we're going to show three. It's going to be a tag, tag, tag sermon. I'm preaching, and we've got two of our JLA students preaching as well alongside me. So a little younger, a little better looking, but not more passionate. I'll tell you that right now. And so they're going to be helping me pre- bring the gospel to preach. And uh, I heard the message. It's going to be amazing. Uh, so good. They're so creative. And we've got three of the most popular Christmas movies that we want to show you. And those three movies are going to be revealed next Sunday. And so I really hope you come back and, uh, and you come. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to pause for a second. Can we just give some props to the people who decorated this today, our team, our creative team? It looks so good. I came in this morning. I was so surprised. It was like that scene from Elf when the manager shows up at Gimble's and he's like, they brought in professionals. You know, like, maybe that was a little hint to the movie. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> so be here next Sunday. But today, somebody say today. Today is Legacy Sunday, and it is a special time, special, special Sunday, and I am just eager with anticipation uh, for what God is going to do today. We had a service at 915, let me tell you. People were staying after late. It was powerful, and I believe that God has saved the best for last. If you believe that, say amen. 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 Oh, you know what? I did forget to do this, but this is so important. We welcomed our first-time guests. Can we also welcome Journey Church Online, watching right now? We love you. You are a part of this church. We're so grateful for your sacrifice and investment. We know that you could be in the building with us if you could, Um, but we are so grateful that we have technology and we're able to connect with you at home or in your car or in the bathroom, wherever you find yourself today. We're just glad you could bring us along with you. Legacy Sunday, if you're a first-time guest, you don't know what that is. If you've been coming at all in the last six weeks, I've told you, but I'll I'll summarize. I'll, I'll, I'll recap. Legacy offering is the one, Legacy Sunday is the one Sunday a year where we come and bring an offering that is above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings. It's an extravagant offering. And we do it for three reasons. We only do this once a year. And we do it for, for three reasons. One, we do it to bless others. Two, we do it for, to accomplish and advance the vision of the church. And we believe that God is going to find us a permanent home, a, a place we can call home, a building that we can have service at regularly and minister to this city regularly sometime in 2021. We don't know when, but we're prophesying it by faith. Declaring it. And number three, we do it because of what God has given us, which is why I'm so excited if it's your first time at church today. You would think that this wouldn't be a great service to invite somebody because we're going to be talking about giving and generosity, and maybe they had some bad taste in their mouth about churches prior, but I'm excited. If there was ever a Sunday that you could visit Journey Church in person or online, this is it, because I could stand up here and tell you everything that I think is awesome about this church. I can tell you about the amazing production team. I can tell you about the people who built that. I can tell you about the worship team and the singers. I can tell you about our amazing Journey kids that is out there discipling your children right now and taking the new levels in their faith. I can tell you about all the amazing small group leaders, but if you're really cynical or if you're you're really doubtful, all I will be is a guy who is selling something, just a guy who's selling something. I mean, I'm the pastor, right? I'm in charge, and so I could just be a guy who's selling something. This is why today is so powerful because today is going to prove the worth of this house to you, not because there's a guy up here selling something, but because there's hundreds of us here who are going to be given something. And how many people know it's different when you give to something? Like that proves to the people that are watching, like I'm for like it's one thing to enjoy something, it's another thing to invest in something. Like I love Spotify. Listen to it all the time. But I ain't paying nine ninety-nine. <laughs> Every time they ask me to pay ninety nine, I'm like, Spotify, I enjoy you, but I ain't gonna invest in you. Spotify did not change my life. Uh, I enjoy Wikipedia Wikipedia got me through college. Thank you Lord for Wikipedia help me out But every time Wikipedia asked me for a donation. No, thank you Wikipedia You keep doing what you do. I do what I do. I appreciate you, but you didn't change my life It's different when you invest in something I used to burn CDs for girls that I was trying to impress back in middle school Where my people at who've done that, you know, what I'm talking about yes, sir Man, I had the run of the place in middle school because I was the first kid in my block to get a CD duplicator. You know I'm talking about the tower, the C D tower thing. And then and then I also had Napster. What you know about Napster? These guys don't know nothing about no Napster. And and I download Napster was like iTunes, but illegal. Some people went to jail for it, apparently. I don't and so. I would download all these songs and I would put them on CDs. And since I was the only kid in middle school doing it, I would give it to all the girls at one at a time, you know. And they would be like, "Oh my gosh, this is so amazing and creative!" And I was like, "Yeah, you know." And I told them I made the playlist just for them. I did not. Y'all got the same playlist? Jodeci, Casey, and JoJo, Blackstreet. You got the you got the same same playlist. <laughs> The only girl in my life who didn't get a CD was Liz. Yeah. She didn't get a CD. Nah. She didn't get a CDR because she got a see this ring right there. That's what she got. Hello. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that CD took me minutes to make. That's why I loved it. You go to CVS, get 100 CDs for $5. Wow. <laughs> and the playlist was already made. It was easy. But Liz's gift, Liz's gift didn't take me minutes to make it. It took me months to save. And when she looks at that ring, that ring and the investment I made into that ring is a message that you are worth more to me than the others. When you invest in something, you prove it's worth. That's why we set limits on our Christmas presents. When we exchange presents, we're like, "Are you getting me presents this year?" "I'm getting you presents." Okay, what's the limit? Because you can't outgift me. You know, I can't get you like a, a picture of myself, and, and you gave me an Xbox X. Like that's a problem. <laughs> At that point, you are communicating to me that you love me more than I love you, and that's not true, because of the level of investment. How many people know what I'm talking about? That's why I just recently found out why why Liz took so long to answer my proposal. I proposed on Christmas Eve, and I got her uh, the ring, but it was a box in a box and a box in a box. And I put weights in the box. So it was this big old box. Poof. She opens one box, it's a little box, a little box, a little box. She finally got to the ring. When she got onto the ring, I proposed. Got on to me. It wasn't original, so what? <laughs> and then she did not. I said, will you marry me? And then she did not say anything. For 15 real life seconds which to a guy on his knees is might as well be 15 years she didn't say a thing and then after 15 seconds she was like yes I was like oh dear God thank you thank you Lord this year she told me this year she told me why she froze I said why did why did you freeze and she said I remember now why she said because we said that we weren't going to give each other Christmas presents that year And so when you got on with me, the only thing I could think of was I didn't get you anything. (laughs) Which I'm like, I think you're not supposed to. It's a proposal. you good, you know. (laughs) But she was frozen because she didn't want to communicate that she didn't love me as much as I loved her. I think that's why John 3.16 resonates over the millennia. For God so loved, he gave his one and only son. There was a connection between that love and that giving i 'm telling you, man, I appreciate all you guys who go on Google and Facebook and Yelp and leave reviews on the church and do that, please do that like pull out your cell phones right now i 'm just going I appreciate that, but it's, it's one thing to say you enjoy a place, and it's another thing to invest in a place. It commu- so I'm just grateful. If this is your first time at church today, you're going to see hundreds of people who believe in a place, who believe in a God so much, not that you're just enough to enjoy it, but enough to invest in it. Come on, if you believe in the house of God, make some noise. And they do it because it's more than a church. It's a home. And I would say this, it's even more than a home. It's a hometown. I know, I know that sounds strange, but, but just follow this Bible passage with me. I never saw this Bible verse before. Psalms 87, 1 through 3, and I wanted to share it with you. He founded Zion on the holy mountain. Zion is a metaphor for the city of Jerusalem in Israel. And the city of Jerusalem is a metaphor for the church nowadays. So he founded the church and, oh, how God loves his church. Next verse. Loves it far better than all the homes of Jacob put together. God's, say it with me, hometown. Oh, everyone there is talking about you. On the count of three, I want you to shout out to me your hometown. The place where, where you grew up. All right? On the count of three, if it's like the 407, like whatever, you want an area code. Like the 321, you know what I'm saying? The 555, whatever you got. Um, just go ahead and shout out your hometown on three. One, two, three. Okay. Okay. James, hometown. I I was born in Brooklyn, but don't complicate it, bro. Hometown. (laughs) Huh? Orlando. 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 What's your hometown, sir? Yes. Key Largo. Key Largo. Montego. Oh, Montego to Bermuda. All right. Where's your hometown? Miami. Miami. Let's go. Ah, Miami, come on. Mine is Brooklyn. And uh, I got to bring my wife there five years ago. And I was so excited because I got to show her my hometown. And I was like, this is the place where I had my first kiss. No, I didn't show her that. I was like, this is the place where I got on the bus to go to church every Sunday. This is the place where I met this person. This is the place I got beat up for the very first time. And this was the place I got to take it in my favorite food spot. Food spot. I said, this is the place, the best pizza in all of New York. This is the place. Tell you, I love this. I went there and she didn't like it all that much. <laughs> I was so disappointed. Like this is reasons for divorce. I'm pretty sure. We <laughs> file after this. And crazy thing is, going throughout my whole hometown, there's one place I didn't show her. My home. <laughs> like the actual place where I grew up. But it was cool. The trip wasn't any less special because I learned something. Home is a place, but hometown is a story. And the beautiful thing about a hometown is that you get to invite other people into the story. And then the story becomes their story. Here's what God told me Jesus didn't die so that we could build a building, Jesus died so that we could tell a story and invite other people into that story. The church is not a place y'all, it's a story, it's where you can take the people you love and go, let me show you a place where I got set free. Let me show you a place where I found my purpose, let me show you a place where I found my small group. Let me show you a place where I found my husband. Hello, let me show you a place where I found my wife. Let me show you a place where my kids were healed, let me show you a place where my marriage was restored. Let me show you a place where I became debt free. Let me show you a place where I got called into a ministry. This is not just my church. This is my story. This is my story. That's the title of today's message. This is my story. Hmm. You know, today looks really silly to a lot of people looking on the outside in. It's easy to criticize us. How can you possibly bring a financial offering when you were in the midst of one of the worst economical crisis, health crisis, uh, political crisis, societal crisis, international crisis? How could you possibly bring an offering in the midst of this? I get why you're criticizing it. But the reason why you're criticizing it, you just have to understand, this is not just my offering. This is my story. There's an old song it has been sang for over 100 years, old Christian hymn. It went like this. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. We've been singing that song for over a hundred years. And you know why it's powerful? Because the woman who wrote it was blind when she wrote it. Born blind now that song has been sung for over a hundred years But not everybody who sung that song knows the story of that song But the power of that song is that the story resonates through it something about the way she wrote it something about the way She sang it that person been through some stuff and when you've been through some stuff your story has power your song has power Like the song we just sang right there that song is called alabaster box and it's the story of a woman who brought her alabaster jar? Heart? Okay. <laughs> Nobody knew that, Jorge. Thanks for <laughs> blowing me up. It's called Alabaster Heart, but it's based on the story Alabaster Box. In the Bible, Where this woman brings her offering, it was a year's worth of income, and she breaks the oil at the feet of Jesus, a year's worth of income. Could you imagine that? That's like you taking all the money out of your bank account that you made for a year and lighting it on fire. Don't do that. There's an offering at the end of this. Put it in the bucket. (laughs) But that's what she did. She just broke it all, spilled it, and everybody who was watching her said, what a waste, What a waste of of money. What a waste of offering. But they only called it a waste because they didn't know her story. And be honest, theologians don't know her story either. We we can't agree. It's either the same woman in all three stories, because there's three gospels that tell it, or it's three different women in three different stories. (laughs) Coincidentally, each of them have the name Mary. So the first person we think it might be was Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons expelled from her. What a story. The second Mary we think it might be is Mary from Bethany. Oh, you know Bethany. That's the place where Lazarus was raised from the dead, the sister of the dude who was dead and came back to life. What a story. The third Mary, we think it could be a woman who had to sell her body to make ends meet for her and her family, a prostitute living just just to make a living. And God rescued her from that life. What am I trying to tell you? Even though we don't know the story exactly, we know that each woman had a story. And when you got a story, your worship will always look like waste. That's why you can't judge somebody in worship who jumps and lifts up their hands and spins and cries. I know they look ridiculous. I know they look eccentric. I know they look crazy, but you don't know their story. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know the hurt in their life. You don't know how they were abandoned. When you see me jumping and spinning and lifting my hands up, And popping blood vessels in my eye. I know I look like I'm a little much, but you don't know my story. You don't know how dark it was before Jesus found me. You don't know how close I was to ending it all. You don't know my story, how much in bondage I was. When you when no one knows your story, your worship will always look like waste. It'll always look like waste because you don't know my story. This is my story, but this story is not about me. That's what you have to understand. This is your story, and it's powerful, but it's not about you. If you go to Next Steps today, you're going to hear the story about how Journey Church started. I'll share that story right now, and then you'll watch it again (laughs) in Next Steps. But this time, Liz will tell it, because she tells it in Next Steps. Five years ago, Liz was at a gas station, and this guy shows up and approaches her, because I I wasn't there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, So... Were you there? You were there with her? Her father was there with her. So, and the guy came up, and his name was John. And John says, Hey, can you fill up my gas tank? Because I need some money. And um God bless my heart, my wife's heart. Like her whole entire family, they're just super generous. Me, I've been more scarred in life. So you ask me for money, I'm gonna need receipts. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm gonna need receipts. Just not her. She's like, absolutely, what do you need? So she goes with the gentleman to the car to fill up the gas tank. And when she looks in the back seat, she finds not just um, the gentleman's wife, but also their like two-year-old baby and blankets and pillows. She didn't know the story, but she asks. He says, yeah, I just got out of prison and um, connected with my wife. And she has the car and the baby but we don't have a place to live, so we're living out the back of our car right now. My wife gives him some more money, says, can I pray with you? She prays with the, with the guy, John. His wife's name was Rita. And the guy just starts to cry at the gas station. Just cry. And then she says, listen, would you like to come to my church? Her and I were youth pastors at the time. South Orlando. Would you like to come to my church? He comes. He says, yes, I'd love to come. He comes. That day, I happen to be preaching. I don't normally preach on the Sundays at that church because I was just the youth pastor. But that Sunday, I happened to be preaching. She had posted about John Arita. I see John Arita walk up into the service. Now, I'm like all nervous now because I know all these guys. They come in, and I preach the message, and I ask who wants to give their life to Jesus, and they give their life to Jesus. They come to the front. We pray for them. Then they go to the back and they get cared for and loved on. I sit next to my wife next to the chair and I'm crying because I know it's John and Rita. She's crying because she knows it's John and Rita. There's 2,000 people in that church. Nobody knows it's John and Rita. <laughs> but we know it's John and Rita and we're bawling. And she looks at me and she, she shares the mission statement of our church in that, se- in that second. She goes, wouldn't it be awesome if we could start a church, she said, where Jesus could be accessible to anyone. Because that was the first time in our life we had ever seen someone go from zero God knowledge. John didn't know who Jesus was at all to yes, I want to know who Jesus is. And yes, I want to give him the rest of my life. Here's the point I'm making. Here's the point I'm making. We decided we wanted to start a church. And even though it was our church, we decided that it would be a church that wasn't for us. Your life will pivot tremendously when you understand this paradigm. That even though it is your life, you are not living for you. When you understand that, your marriage changes. When you understand that, 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 is, that, that, that marriage it is your marriage, but, but your marriage does not exist so that you can be served, but to lay down your life and serve her, it changes. I got real quiet on that one. It changes. When you understand that it's, it's your argument, but it's not your argument to win, it's your argument to listen and to understand and it's your compassion, it changes. When you understand that it's your talent, but it's not your talent to bring attention to yourself, but it's your talent to bring attention to Father God who lives in heaven. When you understand that it's mine, but it's not for me, it's for others. When you understand that your pain is not about your suffering. But your suffering is about the purpose that God has through your suffering for others. It changes the way you go through it. Every time it got hard over these past five years as pastors, every time we faced an obstacle, every time we faced a challenge, we would always tell ourselves, listen, it hurts, but it's okay because this isn't about us. This is about others and what you can do through other people's lives. It's our church, but it's not about us. Psalms 87, 4. I named them off. You got to understand, church, journey church, is about external, not internal. It's not just about the people who are here, but about the people who are not here yet. In this passage, you're going to hear God talk about it. He says, listen, I've got some people who are far off who want to come home, come to hometown. I'm going to name them. I name them off. Those among whom I'm famous. Now, this isn't Zion anymore. Egypt and Babylon, Philistia, even Tyre, along with Cush. Next verse. Words getting around. They point them out. This one was born again here. Oh, what a verse. The words getting out on Zion. Men and women, right and left, get born again in her. I put it like this, and I hope that you catch this. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. It's our church. And it's our story, but we're supposed to invite other people into our story so that this story can be their story. It's hometown. Come along. Let me show you a place that can change your life. And I want to show you a, a video in just a second because there's a lot of people who think that the story of the church in 2020 has been retreat. Because we haven't been able to gather or because there's less people in the building that the kingdom of God has been retreating because of COVID or because of who got elected or, or because of laws that might get passed or might not get passed, that, that the church is, is backing up. And I just want to tell you, as somebody who has been living through this pandemic, from the kingdom of God perspective, the church is not retreating. The church is advancing and taking ground. But you don't know. You don't know because nobody's told you the story. And so I want to show you just a snippet, just a smidgen, I ran out of
2: adjectives.
1: (laughs) Just a little bit, bit of the story that you and I, this church, has played in Orlando and all over the world. Watch this story.
0: church. My name is Jeremy Cups and I'm the executive director of Orlando Teen Challenge. It was in 2009 that I found the doors of Teen Challenge. I had over 16 years of addiction, 12 overdoses, in and out of jail, and absolutely miserable with my life. And it was in that program that I met Jesus, who changed the entire course of my life. And today, I have a beautiful godly wife. I've got a beautiful little, uh, little baby boy. And I got a ministry that I absolutely love, helping people. And it's only because of people like you that made it possible for someone like me to get the help I needed. Um, I burned every bridge, I had no money, and Team Challenge still took me in for no cost. And um, I just wanna say thank you for giving someone like me that kind of opportunity. And um, I just wanna say we love you guys and we appreciate you more than you know. God bless.
2: Hello Journey Church, I'm Kara, and I'm with Lifewater International and I'm reaching out today just to say thank you. Even in the midst of a global pandemic, your church has been faithfully providing water to some of the world's most vulnerable people. Um, because of your support, uh, in Kaliro, Uganda, 171 people in the village of Nebwende are accomplishing significant behavioral changes to keep them healthy, like hand washing regularly and safe water storage. Uh, you're helping children like Marvin and Mayuge go to school because he's no longer sick and he's not having to spend hours every day gathering water. The students at Passin Primary in Kukumura have learned valuable hygiene lessons. They implement in class and they're bringing home to their communities. And girls at Cliss Primary School in Cambodia no longer drop out of school when they hit puberty because they have a clean and private bathroom to care for themselves and continue their education with confidence. Clean water is just the beginning and it leads to safe and healthy homes and that leads to dreaming about the future and it's a testimony to how much God loves us thank you for infusing the love of Christ into the world changing lives forever we could not do this important work without you god bless you guys at journey church we love you Venezuela
1: a la fundación Misión Misericordia le damos las gracias a la hermana Dayan y a su iglesia Jeremy por los regalos que nos van a
2: dar en Navidad. Gracias. Gracias. Thank you, Johnny uh, Jones, for everything that you have been done for Greenhouse here in India. Hi. Then we are here
1: with the girls. Just today, we received the boxes for bunk
2: beds.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you once again. And the girls would like to say, "Thank, thank you, thank you." Hello. I'm in a gang. These are Quagga Elsabeth. Oh, it's I'm. you get this week Uganda. Neva sa. O kuto amar yama loo njima ka
0: I the
1: Give it up for Jesus. Give it up for yourselves. This is your generosity that's making a difference. And here you were thinking that the church was in retreat. Here you were thinking the churches were shutting down. Not everywhere. Let me tell you what God's doing in some places of the world. The kingdom of God is advancing. The gospel is being preached. Did you hear some of those testimonies? Those orphans did not have an opportunity. This is the first bed they're probably going to sleep on in their entire lives. Do you remember your first bed with the transformers and the, the Pokemon sheets? This is their first bed. You did that. We did that. Jesus did that. Did you hear the story about the young girls who are able to go to school now? Because normally when a young woman hits puberty because she can't keep herself clean, that they, the, the men do not allow her to go to school. But because we help build wells, we can now create bathrooms next to schools so that young women can actually pursue an education like of course you didn't know because you didn't know the story but when you know the story oh what's waste looks like worship it's it's worship when you understand making jesus accessible to people like that's why we exist to make jesus accessible to anyone and i want to define anyone because i think there might be some anyone's in the room today psalms 84 87 4 god names off the anyone's so you might be some of these anyone's i name them off those among whom i'm famous the outsiders egypt and babylon philistia even tire and along with cush they point them out this one was born again here here in zion here at home here at hometown each one of those areas represents a certain type of person and i want to talk real quick about each area egypt egypt represents those with a past those with the past because egypt was the 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 era of the israelites life when they were in bondage so when the bible refers to egyptian or egypt it's talking about a time when you lived in bondage you know there are often people who will not come to church this is what they tell me they go i will come to church pastor jj they tell me as soon as i get my life together what that's like saying i will go to the hospital as soon as I stop bleeding. Oh bro, that's what the hospital's for. That's like saying, I'ma go to the gym as soon as I lose some weight. Because everybody at the gym look, they're looking ripped, they're looking fit. I'm not gonna go in there all saggy and baggy, and I need to get some of this anti gravity going on there also. And maybe that's the same reason why. Why you don't want to come to church? Because you think that the people in here are more fit than you. But you don't know their story. And I think if you knew their story, if you knew the hell that they've been through just to show up on a Sunday morning, if you knew the suffering that they've had to go through, the people that they've lost in their lives, the struggle, the addiction, the bondage that Christ has helped them overcome, that many of us are still living in and fighting in today, you would feel a lot more comfortable about this place right here. Church is not for the fit or the six-packs, all right? We don't like you if you're here today and I'm just playing. I like you. You're good. Spiritual metaphor. (laughs) I just think if you knew this story, you would understand. Here's a story of someone with a past. His name is Nixon Carey. Here's a picture of Nixon. He's on the screen. That is to my left, to your right. Nixon is the one to the left. My left, your right. Hello, my name is Nixon. I'm a first-year student at Journey Leadership Academy. It's a complicated life story, but I'll try to wrap up most of what God has been doing in my life in just a few words. I came to know about Journey was through a friend. She had told me about the church where we would walk our dogs together. And at first, to be honest, I just went for her. Come on. <laughs> Ladies, use what the Lord gave you to <laughs> impact the kingdom for his glory. I'm just playing. But, but not don't sin, okay? Up until sin. Don't do that part. I just went for her, but it's funny how God works, he wrote, because he will use what you're weak at to bring you to him. The struggle that I've been dealing with is lust. From the age of 12, I started my fight with pornography, and it has been the most, pleasant of, the most unpleasant of battles. And every day it's a fight. All my heart ever knew was lust, and it took a toll on me because it made me separate myself from my friends and family. and made me insecure within myself. I ran to it to make me happy, but it just made me feel worse and worse. It affected me mentally. It affected the way I looked at women. My life shifted, though, when I first got involved with Journey Church and Journey Leadership Academy. This internship in church has helped me so much in my life and transformed my way of thinking and who I am as a person. Now, what I'm most excited about is what God has promised over my life. How a person like me who did not believe in themselves is now pursuing God's vision for my life to become a pastor and preach God's word in places that the word has yet to be heard. If you're here today and you got some past, let me tell you that just like Nixon, Jesus is accessible to you. The next region that was talked about was Babylon. Babylon was famous for their religion. And in the Bible, prophetically, Babylon always represents those who come from other religious systems or none at all. And that's what I tell you, when we built this church, we decided that we would not build a church just for Christians. We decided that we would build a church that no matter what religious background you came from, Confucianism, Buddhism, Islam, atheism, or lack of it, that you could walk into this room and the songs would make sense and the sermons would make sense and God's presence would convict you before any type of speech would convict you. We made those things a priority. So if you're here today and you've never gone to church before in your life or you're watching online and this is your first experience at church, let me tell you, Jesus is accessible to you. Like my friend, Kaylee. This is a picture of Kaylee. Hi, JJ. She DM'd me. My name is Kaylee. And I met you today at the JLA event. My fiance is Brian. He took pictures for the event. I just wanted to send a message saying thank you so much. For making us feel very welcomed to this church. You and Liz are so kind and so nice. She probably means Liz mostly. (laughs) I have never went to church in my life. And I had no relationship with God. Until now. Journey is my first church. And the first church for me and to me, it is my home. <laughs> I, since getting saved, I've been watched all your sermons. Everybody does that when they give their lives to Jesus, Gio. You started it. And I wouldn't choose any other church. I just wanted to say thank you. And thank you to the church. I hope to get baptized this December at Journey Church. And I'm also so interested in Journey Leadership Academy. You know, when Jesus said there were 99 sheep in the pen, but I'm going to leave the 91 to go get the one, I just want you to know that the vision of this church is to leave the 99 to get the one, to find the one person who doesn't know Jesus, your friend, your neighbor, your coworker, your supervisor, your employee. We will always live for the one because we were that one at one point. Don't we'll ever forget it. The next area that was mentioned was Philistia, Philistia represented the Philistines like David from Gath, the Philistine. They were an enemy of the church. And I think that Philistia represents, just being honest, those who are church hurt. And there's a lot of people in the room today or watching online who have a bad taste in their mouth. Because of an experience, a negative experience that they had with church. And, and before I go any further, I just want to let you know that the portion of this sermon is not to put down any other church. I just need you to know that church was probably doing the very best that they can. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to love you. They wanted to do good. But they didn't know. Listen, if, a, if, if church is going to be made up of people and people are broken, yeah. then we're going to have to learn to live with broken churches. And by the way, if you think you're so glad because your last church was broken and you found Journey Church and we're just perfect, give it a couple of weeks. (laughs) Give it a couple of months and you will see that we're just as broken as every other church. But it's our brokenness that keeps us together because we know we can't do this by ourselves. So I want to apologize on behalf of that church and let you know also they tried their best. But maybe that's you, like Melinda Torres. She's on the screen. Got the chance to meet Melinda at a Next Steps class last month. She says this, After a life of partying, I had a Saul to Paul experience and gave my life to the Lord in the year 2000. Shortly after, I married a pastor, and we happily ran a ministry for men and women who were bound by drugs and alcohol. But my husband cheated on me, the pastor. The pastor. And the second time, I decided it was my time to go. As a result, the entire church turned their backs on me. Again, broken people. We all are. Leaving me feel lonely and questioning my faith. Look what she said. I searched for nine years. Can you imagine not having a church for nine years because of pain and hurt and trauma? But a coworker told me about Journey Church in December. I watched online. And then attended my first service the last Sunday of January. The presence of God was so evident, it brought me to tears. During the happiest place on earth, a series on mental health. It was then that I realized my journey had led me home. I found a place where the pastor is real, transparent, and relevant. That gets me in a lot of trouble sometimes, Melinda. <laughs> he isn't afraid to speak on topics. Most others would steer away from resulting in freedom in all areas of life, my life. I recently completed my Next Steps class, and I'm looking forward to getting on a team and serving others. We love you, Melinda. Watch your team can come on out. If that's you, you want to help heal that hurt, because this is a place of healing, of life. Maybe you're from Tyre. Tyre was a, a city of affluence. It was a city that had a lot of wealth. And I think Tyre represents those who are affluent. And I don't have a story. I have a lot of stories to share here, but not a picture. I just want you to know, we always talk about how Jesus is for the broken and the downtrodden. But you know, Jesus is also for the rich and famous too. Jesus is for the wealthy and the affluent. He loves people. Jesus is for people, no matter how many zeros you got, on what side of the decimal, in how many bank accounts. And anything though, I feel worse for the rich people than I do for the broke people in our church. Because the broke people in our church, at least you got the illusion that wealth will bring you happiness. But those who are actually affluent know that it's just an illusion. And they got money, but they don't got purpose. They got money, but they don't got meaning. They got money, but they don't have joy. They got things, but they don't have someone. I want to say thank you to every lawyer, every doctor, every CEO, entrepreneur, businessman. Vlogger, blogger, uh, restaurateur, shout out, little Greek. Everybody who, who at this church, God has blessed you with resources and, and you recognized there's a place for me and my purpose in life is to use the affluence God gave me to help others discover purpose and make a difference. Finally, perhaps you're from Kush. Kush was a place in Africa, a region. is where we get the word Cushin from. I'm just playing. That's not true. I do that every once in a while. Cush was a region in Africa that not many Israelites would ever get to visit in their life. So I think Cush represents those who will never meet. Jesus is accessible to those who will never meet. Like my friend David. It's a picture of David. Good looking dude. Hello, Journey Church. My name is David Swahidi Olivia from the Democratic Republic of Congo. I am 19 years old, and now I believe in Jesus. I have been so many times attending church, but I hadn't yet received Jesus Christ in my life as my Lord and my Savior. My family's Christian, and all of the members know Jesus. But at the former time, I was really lost because I, hadn't, I didn't have the Holy Spirit with me to lead me in all of my deeds. It was a real tough period of my life without God. But I saw the grace of God come to me when a pastor preached at a crusade about the coming of Jesus. I was so touched then. I decided to follow Jesus and not turn back. But so far, I'm not baptized. Through this COVID-19 pandemic... As there were restrictions in countries, people were not allowed to gather in churches for worshiping the Lord. And here in our in area churches, people couldn't even organize Sunday services online. So I said, Jesus will find the church for me. To be following online services every Sunday during the pandemic. So I browsed YouTube and the Holy Spirit led me to Journey Church. And I was so inspired by the sermons of Pastor JJ and blessed. And I said, thanks be to God. Because I have finally met a family. I connected to Journey Church through the website. And Brother Hector Nieves had welcomed me home. And I felt comfortable. I thank God because it's a grace to receive Jesus in our lives. And have the Holy Spirit in us. I know I'm still young. But I'm also proud. Because the Bible says that David, King David, started to serve the Lord as long as he was young. And so I plan on doing the same. And this is how he ended off his story without me asking him to. He said, and this... Is my story. You don't know. But the stories. That we get to be a part of. That's my final point. This is my story and it's not about me. It's about all the life change that we're talking about. But also I am a part of his story. I am a part of his story. Psalms 87.6. I love this verse. You know, all those outsiders who are looking for a home, all those people who don't live in Zion, the Egypt, the, the Tyre, the Babylon, the Philistia, look what it says in verse six. God registers their names in his book. And I can see him looking at the book, this one, this one, and this one, born again, right here at Journey Church.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I, I wish, I wish that I had a building to show you. I know we've been, this is a campaign for a building. I, I wish I could say we bought a building and then put a picture of the building and then everybody go crazy. But we don't have one. But that's okay. Because what we're giving to today is not a building. What we're giving you today is a story. A story. Matter of fact, I don't have a building. But I do got something that we are building. And that's what we brought here today to show you. Over 350 people this year have given their life to Jesus Christ at Journey Church. And what you see on this screen, let's get some light on the screen, get the camera up here, yeah, some light. And what you see on this screen are the names of every single individual that made that decision. Just this year. Janelle, Crystal, Carlos, Carlos, Angeles, Kat, Amber, Edsel, Cher, Jennifer, Olga, Nelson, Stephanie, Heidi, Tiffany, Shade, Tony, Eddie, Alexandra, Jasmine, Sandy, Serena, Sarah, Ivy, Evelyn, Maria, Dakota, Olga, Raymond, Selenia, Dati, Andy, Israel, Maria, Gabby, Brittany, Timothy, Kalila, Saba, Jesse, Emily, Amanda, Damaralis, Ali, Monica, Olivia, Hector, Peter, Timothy. See, you don't care because it's not your story. But not every every name. If we just stop looking at it as a name. Every name is a story. Can you imagine the stories? Behind every name, Bernice, Stephanie, Joey, Sharon, Philip, Barbara, Stephanie, Nazar, Lance, Yvonne Javier, Sarah, Noelia, Brittany, Kyla, Jane, D, Carla, Orlando, Myrna, Maria, Kathleen, yeah. Peter, Miguel, Asia, Victoria, Patty, Kecha, Juan, Manny, Jacqueline. If you've ever smelt, felt like a, if you ever felt like a small part, if you ever felt small, I want to encourage you. We all feel small. The goal of life is not to be big, but to be a small part of something big. Yeah. And we all get a chance to be a part of this story right here. Yeah. All these lives. You want to hear something else? We did the math before service started. Up until this Sunday, 992 people have given their lives to Jesus Christ at Journey Church since launch day. And there's a good chance that when we pray for those who want to give their life to Jesus today, we'll find that eight right here in the building and hit a thousand in four years of being a church today. We all get to be a part of that. So let me tell you one more story before we close. It's a story about a building. And I just want to preface this story by saying that this story is not going to end in an that we got a building so simmer down but i will but i want to tell you the story the story began in 2019 when our church ended up on the front page of the orlando sentinel i don't know if you were here for that when that happened that was back when the shutdown happened Remember when the shutdown was shutting down that was a that was a thing and then under there you see a picture of me preaching and then you got the the bridge which was the 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 column A journey towards spiritual connection younger generations increasingly cast off religious labels the the story was supposed to be about young people kind of leaving religion but then when the reporter got to the church and saw how many young people called journey church home she had to change the story by the way journey church is not a church of young people y'all keep asking me that in the courtyard we're a church of young spirits if you're 50, 60, 70, this is your church if you haven't stopped dreaming. As long as you still dream, you'll love it here. If you still think you can change the world, you'll love it here. If you still think Jesus matters and can make a difference all over the world, you, you matter here. You still here. So, so the reporter came. Crazy story too. Uh, shout out to Shannon Green. I think I saw you somewhere, Shannon. I don't know where you at. Shannon, are you in the room today? Where are you at, Shannon? First service, first service? Okay. She was here at first service. Love Shannon. Shannon was the reporter who did it. When she did the article, she was not a member of our church. She was so blown away that after the article, she joined the church. She serves in the kids ministry. She's a part of our legacy team now. She became a part of the Journey Church family. So anyway, so after the article, our church got a lot of exposure. A lot of people started talking about us. And so I got a phone call from this guy, this realtor. He said, I want to I show you this, this building that we have that we think you, you might be good. Your church is obviously growing and fast. And so I put in the address in you know, a Google Maps. And this is what popped up when I put in the address. Uh, Orlando Live Event. I don't know if you're familiar with this building. It's in Seminole County. It's not too far from here, actually. Um, 100,000 square feet. Uh, fun fact, Elvis Presley used to sing there. Uh, put it up one more time. Elvis Presley used to sing there. Um, it used to be a high lie arena, uh, which they play game with a stick and, and a ball like most games are played and Also the betting center of like Central, Florida 40 million dollars a year used to be bet and wagered in this building people lost their livelihoods their homes It has a lot of dark history in this building a couple years ago 1964 is when it was built a couple years ago. They uh, let's look at the inside real quick It's like an auditorium a seat. Yeah, so a couple years ago. They sold it turned it into an event center and he called me because they weren't doing a lot of events there. And so he said, would you guys be interested? I knew the moment I stepped on the property, we ain't got the money for this. I was like, this building. He thought because we were in the paper, our church was ginormous. But at that time, we were only running like maybe five or 600 people, which is about how many people we have now after COVID in the building. We have another 800 that watch online. But um, I didn't tell him how many people came to our church. He's like, there's 1,200 seats in here. You think that'll work? I was like, we might have to squeeze couple of people, but <laughs> well, I think we can make it work, and the whole time he's touring me, he's got three floors, the whole time he's touring me all over the floors, I'm thinking, wait till he asks if we can afford it, <laughs> so, and so he, he, he finally gets to the end of the tour, he's like, y'all think you want it? I was like, we definitely want it, he was like, what can you guys offer? I was like, I'll email you, <laughs> I couldn't stand face-to-face rejection, so I emailed him, emailed him the offer. Y'all, it got rejected so bad that I didn't even get a rejection. You know how bad it is when somebody lowballs you and you're like, "I'm not even going to merit that offer with the re- I'm still waiting on the formal rejection of that first offer we made on that property. So long story short, we could not afford it. Then a year and a half passed, COVID hits. We start moving from venue to venue and the church that we were meeting at so we could no longer meet there. We didn't have a place. It was before we heard of this place. So I just randomly call up the guy and I say, hey man, I got to imagine that COVID means if you guys were doing less events then, you're doing like no events now. He was like, yeah, that's true. I was like, well, here's our we can offer. He said, don't get excited. He said, we can do that. I was like, oh. He said, but only for a year. So how come? He said, the city bought the building. They're going to tear it down, and they're going to make luxury uh, retail shops. So they don't want to give it to you because they, they, they have a redevelopment plans for it. I said, well, we can't be in there for just a year. Our church is tired of jumping around and moving up, set up a tear down. We don't want to do it no more. And so, I mean, but we love it. But we love Jesus. Amen. Uh, so choose joy. And, so, and so, so I said, we can't do it. He said, that's fine. Couple more months pass. Then, on my way to uh, Medi and Martin's son's birthday party, Mateo, uh, I get a phone call. It's the guy. He goes, Hey, uh, it looks like the city doesn't think they're gonna recover from COVID all that well. So, uh, what were you looking at? I was like, Probably three to five years, at least. And he, he, he was like, Okay, uh, yeah, I think we can do that. So, I was like, Oh okay and uh but the price and i was like but the price (laughs) and uh to give you just some context we would be paying less being there than here that's how stupid crazy low we offered for that crazy 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 just crazy that was months ago and for months we have been negotiating and talking and submitting offers and getting them declined and resubmitting. And So I told you guys, I was not gonna announce that we have a building contract in hand because we don't. But I will tell you that our realtor told us that they accepted our last offer and we should have a contract in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I can tell you that. Remain standing since we're standing. Remain standing. Let me just give you a couple of disclaimers. We don't have the contract yet. Things can happen between now and then. We have to have our lawyers look at it. Our board of trustees needs to approve it. But even to get to this point, I could not keep the miracle from you any longer. And whether we get in that building or not, I know if we don't, it's because God's got something even better. So I am guys it's a miracle you have it's it's a miracle what what God is doing and the doors that he's opening It just shouldn't be happening and so I want to thank you if we do end up getting that building we're gonna need to renovate we're gonna need to make a lot that building was built in 1964 hello (laughs) it's got a smell (laughs) I promise you we're gonna get rid of that smell oh not only that but the thing that the names are written on is actually the stage that we're going to, this is the stage that's going to become the stage in that new building that we set up right here for you too, which is pretty cool. (laughs) Portable. I mean, there'll be more pieces. (laughs) But this is the stage. It's not a building right now. Right now, it's just a story. But we all have a chance to play an important part of that story. So I'm going to ask our hosts in a second to get ready to hand out commitment cards. but Maybe your story needs to get written today. I believe that there are people in this room. You can identify with that Egypt. You got a past that's keeping you from chasing God with all your heart. You feel dirty. You feel like you don't belong here. Maybe you're Philistia. Maybe you've been hurt by church. You're you're cautious to get engaged again, involved again nobody leaving please this is so important stay with me here maybe you're 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 tired affluent but you're looking for purpose if you feel lost Jesus is accessible to you today so with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're in this room today and you need Jesus come on maybe you're like Babylon like you've never been to church before or you came from a different religion, but something is resonating inside your spirit and your heart today. If you need Jesus in your heart, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if I count to three, and that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your right hand as a signal and a sign. Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you in my life. I need you in my life. All over this place when I say three. One, two, forget about your neighbors, it's between you and God, your story is This is your story. It's about to get rewritten all over this building. One, two, three. Right now, shoot your right hand up high. Keep it high. Keep it high because I want to count those hands. Keep it high. I need Jesus in my life. I want to restart my story right now. Keep that hand high. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, (laughs) eight. (laughs) Eight, eight. Come on, repeat this prayer after me. Repeat this prayer after me. Worship team, repeat this prayer after me. Father God, this is my story. And it starts new today. Jesus, rewrite my past. I give you my future. Forgive me of my choices. I'm coming back home. This is my home. This is my story. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That was the 1,000th person
0: to give their life to Jesus Christ. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, Join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.